Tactical sports take. Inbound. Who the fuck is that guy? Beat him off. Stomp on his head as he's unconscious. Five-tool commentator. <laughs> he's the Willie Mays of sports <laughs> broadcasting. DiMaggio. It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Owen Ely Show. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at NorthstarMIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthstarSports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Saturday, October 2nd, as we look to preview UFC Fight Night Santos versus Walker, which will take place in a couple of hours from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, as always, great to be back with you guys. Uh, fun little uh, fight card here to preview. Uh, we'll keep it uh, pretty abbreviated, not a whole lot of housekeeping. We will have NSS, I want to say 57, uh, tonight. Obviously, I'll be in the main event as I am the money weight champion of the world. Uh, not quite certain who's going to get the title shot. Drew lost last week, probably not him. Maybe Reagan, maybe Reagan, but we'll see, we'll see. Or maybe, you know, maybe uh, someone making their debut. I don't, you know, I don't really know. I mean, Gooseman's kind of on a winning streak as well. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we do have updated rankings. So, obviously, uh, check those out at the uh, the website. Really, you can find them anywhere on the website, but it's under the blog. But, you know, our, our website's pretty interconnected. So, shouldn't have a tough time finding it. Uh, we'll try a, a new format here to try to keep things abbreviated. Uh, because there's a lot of fights on this card that don't matter. So we're actually going to reverse the order of how we would normally do things. So we're going to work from the main event all the way to the prelim opener, and we're probably just going to give picks for some of the prelim fights and not really dive into it a whole lot because, you know, first of all, I don't really know a whole lot about some of these fighters on the prelims. Uh, I don't care about a lot of the fighters on the prelims, and I don't think it's worth wasting time. So it's a real meat and potatoes type of show here. Uh, I also have places to be, so you know we'll keep it. We'll keep it to the stuff you need to know. I don't want to flood your 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 brains with my vast knowledge of you know all things MMA. I'm just gonna give you it's it's like a Cliff Notes version of the show. You know what I mean? So that you come out of this smarter. So we'll start here in the main event. We're going to have Tiago Santos taking on Johnny Walker uh, in the light heavyweight division. Santos coming in 21-9, and nine, Walker 18-5. and five. We'll take a look at our North Star Sports rankings, and we'll have Tiago Santos at 5, Johnny Walker at 10, which is lockstep with the UFC. They agree with me completely on the rankings. Um interesting matchup not not a fight that I would think to put together not a fight that I would think to put on a main card uh, or excuse me not on a fucking main card a main event but I love it I love it you know the, the UFC in 2021 has really been on point with their main events because it doesn't have to be number one versus number two number two versus number four 
you know, or things like this, they're okay with five versus ten as long as it's an interesting stylistic matchup. And I think that, you know, this certainly would qualify. So Johnny Walker off the bat, four inches taller, uh, a whopping six foot six inches, which is really weird because he looks massive. I he probably cuts a stunning amount of weight because it's not like he's a lanky six foot six. He he really just looks big. He looks really big. And he's going to have a six-inch reach advantage on Tiago Santos. Um, I'm leaning towards Johnny Walker. I'm leaning towards Johnny Walker. It's kind of easy to forget that not that long ago, Johnny Walker was literally going to be the savior of this division. I mean, after his knockout of Misha Serkinov heading into the fight against Corey Anderson, Johnny Walker's the future. At that point in the light heavyweight division, you don't really have Dom Reyes to, to where he, you know, got at his peak. You don't have Yuri Prohaska. You don't have, I think technically you have Rakic under roster, but, you know, not in, in the rankings, not high in the rankings. It was such a boring and dull light heavyweight division and then there's just this shining star Johnny Walker and then he gets knocked out by Corey Anderson he gets grapple fucked by Nikita Krilov and what a difference two fights make now he had a really nice uh finish of Ryan Spann in a fight he was losing it didn't really didn't last that long but he probably lost two and a half minutes of a two minute and 40 second fight had some nice uh elbows to the side of uh, Ryan Spann's head, so back on his, uh, you know, his, back to his winning ways. Uh, interesting fight here. I would not pick this fight to go the distance. I would be incredibly surprised if it went past, honestly, probably even the first, but, you know, round two at the latest. Santos, knockout artist. Johnny Walker, knockout artist. Um, Santos, I don't think he's that old. I think he's only, yeah, he's 37. So he's not that old in a division where Glover Teixeira's still kicking around, but this is a guy who's, you know, blown out his knees. So I think his fight age is probably a lot older than his actual age. And for Johnny Walker, you never you never know. This, this dude does crazy stuff. But the thing that concerns me with Johnny Walker is almost in every single one of his fights that don't result in a 40-second knockout for for him, dude gets clipped. His chin is just as high as you could put it, straight up in the air, just looking looking up. I mean, he's so susceptible to getting knocked out. Uh, not very good uh, with his defense, but he's so unpredictable. I mean, you don't... I mean, he could just... Uh, who even knows what he could do against Thiago Santos? I mean, a fucking spinning back fist to a flying knee? I mean... I, I'm all. I'm still always impressed by that Misha Serkinov flying knee. Just how he sets it up, how much distance he covers without lunging forward. Like he doesn't get a running start on the knee. He, he's just so fucking awkward. And, and the stats would back this up. I mean, Walker average fight time of a little more than a round. Santos average fight time of of eight minutes. You know, they're they're knockout artists here. Um, but. When it comes to significant strikes, you know, they're, they're both well in the positive. The defense for, for Johnny Walker, probably the worst I've ever seen. 31% significant strike defense, but he lands 72% of his significant strikes. So that's just a fucking really interesting, <laughs> really interesting uh, 
uh, ratio there. Tiago, it's it's very hard for me to go with Tiago based on what I what I've seen since his his return post uh, John Jones. I wasn't that impressed in the Glover Teixeira fight, and you know he really kind of got uh, uh, beaten up in in that Rakic fight. So it's tough. The betting odds from Odds Shark, I, I think they have Tiago Santos as a minus one seventy one favorite. I like Johnny Walker in this. And if Johnny Walker was the favorite, I'd probably like Tiago. Uh, I think there's money to be made with Johnny Walker. I like I like those odds. I don't. I typically don't like going with the favorites if I'm if if you know I was gonna put money down uh, on on whatever. But it's. I think Tiago is probably the better fighter, but Johnny Walker is just so dangerous, and I don't know how limited Tiago's going to be. But again, it's really kind of one of those coin flip fights where I could see Tiago Santos just a fucking powerful cannon of a right hook knocking Johnny Johnny Walker out cold in in 30 seconds. You know, so it's it, it's it's very tricky. That being said, I'm going to go with youth. I'm going to go with Johnny Walker on this one. I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to go Johnny Walker and then if I'm picking Johnny Walker, I mean, I guess round 1 or round 2 knockout because I'm not going to pick him to go to rounds three or rounds four, and I'm not going to pick him to submit him, and I'm not going to pick him to go decision. So I'm going to have to go Johnny Walker round one knockout, I guess. Again, I don't really feel great about that, but um, I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. Very tough one to pick here. All right, we'll move on to the co-main event. We'll have Kevin the Trailblazer Holland taking on Kyle Dawkins, brother of Chris Dawkins. Holland's going to be 21 and 7. Dawkins will be 10 and 2. Take a look at the odds for this one. And of course, Odds Shark would never put it in order. Uh, it's a pick 'em. It's a pick 'em. According to the uh, the opening, it's going to be, uh, they're, they're, they're both going to be minus 110 favorites on this one. A lot closer than I thought it would be. This one is, is again, there's a lot of tough fights to pick on this card. You know, so, a lot of cards. I have no issue picking fighters, but on this one in particular, in particular, they are really uh, putting some close fights uh, on, on paper. Now, the UFC is going to have Kevin Holland ranked at number 14. That's ridiculous. Kevin Holland, I think, is the most overhyped fighter on the UFC roster. Uh, very, very limited. Not good on the ground for as much as he talks about, you know, being a Travis Luter fucking brown belt or black belt or that'd be embarrassing if he's a black belt i hope he's not a black belt um he's very bad on the ground and yeah he's just awkward he wins fights because he's awkward you know he's dangerous he he definitely can turn the the lights out i mean you know he's dangerous on the ground as well we saw what he did against jacare but i've also seen him get dominated for 50 minutes in the year 2021 of our lord alone he kevin holland this year alone has been dominated inside the octagon for 50 minutes so it's pretty fucking hard for me to pick kevin holland talented guy good striker five inch reach advantage on a guy who he's the same height as him and docus are both six three but he's a hype train he's a hype train that, that got derailed and to be honest with you he really doesn't have a good win in the UFC. I got to, you know, I got to be frank with you guys. So 
comes in against Tiago Santos, loses to him. He beats John Phillips, historically bad record in the UFC. Split decision win over Gerald Mearshart, not that good of a fighter. A win over Alessio Di Chirico, not a good fighter. A loss to Brendan Allen, good fighter, but a loss. A win over Anthony Hernandez, making his debut, who is not that good. A win over Joaquin Buckley, who's another hype train, who was also making his debut, I believe, on short notice. A win over Darren Stewart, which was a split decision, debatable, could have gone either way. Darren Stewart, historically bad UFC record. A win over Charlie Ontiveros, another fighter with a bad record, making his UFC debut. And then a win over, you know, a 57-year-old Jacare Souza. So tell me where tell me where Kevin Holland's had a solid win. This dude is really, really good at beating up bums and people making their UFC debut and senior citizens. So or senior fighters. Um, so I'm still and again I'm not saying it's impossible for him to beat a good fighter. I'm just saying I haven't seen it, and he's been in the UFC for three years and had like 15 fights. Or maybe not 15, but you know he's had like he's had like a dozen fights. He's had like 12 fights, and I've yet to see him with a good win. So it's like, yeah, I'm pretty hesitant to pick Kevin Holland, and I'm pretty hesitant to look at his stats because they're gonna look really, really good because he's fighting terrible competition. Kyle Dawkins, on the other hand, I liked him before I liked his brother. I thought Kyle Dawkins was pretty good coming off of the Contender Series, coming off of his win against Michael Lombardo. Now, he had to get two more wins in CFFC, came to the UFC, had a really tough debut against Brendan Allen, where he did have moments but did get dominated. A nice win over Dustin Stoltzfus and then a loss to Phil Hayes. So he's sitting at 1-2 and two in the UFC. So this is where it comes in where I'm talking about it's really hard to pick somebody to win. If he was 1-1 one one in the UFC, if he was 2-1 in the UFC, if he just would have won that Phil Hayes fight, I'd feel so much more better about picking Kyle Dawkins. But it's just two guys who have not lived up to to expectations for, for Holland. I mean, the expectations are absolutely ridiculous. I want... I want to go Kevin Holland just because he's going to have more experience in the UFC, but I, just, I really don't think he's that good. And Kyle Dawkins is a ground fighter. So if Kyle Dawkins gets this fight to the ground, which is a real possibility, I, I think he's going to dominate him there. But Kevin Holland is the better striker. I'm going to go Kyle Dawkins on this one. I'm going to go Kyle Dawkins by unanimous decision. I think he dominates... Uh, Kevin Holland, just not as much as, you know, uh, Marvin or uh, what's his name did. So tough fight to pick. I mean, I could re- I could be easily 0-2 with my pick so far. I mean, this this really could be a historically bad night for me picking just because uh, I'm so tentative on, on who to select because it's, it's, they're very close fights here. Not a lot for me to go on. All right, moving on to the featured bout. We'll have a fight between Nico Price and Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Price is 14 and 5. Oliveira is 22, 10 and 1. We'll take a look at the odds on this one. Uh, again, if we could find them, because you know the UFC they don't like to put or uh, uh, Odd Shark they don't like to put odds in order. Uh, Nico Price is going to be the minus 140 favorite. Um, another tough one to pick because it's it's fighters on pretty extensive losing streaks in general so uh 
Nico Price has not won a fight since October of 2019, where he had that really awesome upkick knockout of James Vick. He lost to Michelle Pajeda, had a no contest with uh, Cowboy Cerrone, got brutalized by Vincente Luque. He's winless in his last three. He has one win in his last five, two wins in his last seven. So just a guy on a terrible, terrible, terrible trajectory. And Cowboy Oliveira has been finished in the first round in his last two fights. And he's lost five of his last seven. So I'm really struggling who to fucking pick here because it's <laughs> they're both really bad. I mean, they're not bad, but, you know, their records are pretty fucking bad in, in recent history. So it's It's tough. Oliveira is known for his toughness, but this dude's been getting finished in the first round, so I guess I'm going to go with Nico Price. Nico Price is a finisher. He's dangerous. Uh, I'm sure he'll bring it. I'm sure Oliveira will bring it, but man, I don't know. I just think Nico Price has less mileage on the uh, on the treads, and that's sometimes that's just what you got to go what you got to go on because you know there's really not a whole lot to go on for for either side. So you know we'll flip a fucking coin here, and we'll go Nico Price. All right, we'll move on to the middleweight division. We'll have a fight between Misha Serkinov and Kristoff Jotko. Serkinov is 15 and 6. Jotko is 22 and 5. We'll take a look here at the odds for this one. And we'll have Jotko as the minus 160 favorite. Another very fucking tough one to pick. A tough one to pick. So this is the middleweight debut, at least in the UFC. I don't know about his entire career, but at least in the UFC for Misha Serkinov. We have him currently ranked at number 13 in the light heavyweight division. Um, I think it's a smart move for Misha. You know, he, he's been losing a bunch of fights in the light heavyweight division, albeit he's been in the rankings for quite some time. You know, a guy who's always been in the rankings, but just kind of doesn't factor in at light heavyweight. I mean, for him to make a run to light heavyweight... Uh, title shot or, you know, to, to do anything at light heavyweight. Uphill battle. You know, he, he's been there and he's lost, you know, and he's been finished in a lot of his fights uh, in the first round. First round lost to, to Span, Walker, Teixeira, Uzdemir. Holy shit, every single loss of his in the UFC in, is a first round knockout loss. So, you know, some clear defensive issues here for Misha Serkinov. Um but he just has too much bad history in that division to do anything. Now, he's not a big name, but he, it's a fresh coat of paint. People will completely forget your history in another division when you move to a new division. So I, I like it. And you can still say, hey, I was a ranked fighter at light heavyweight, which is true. So, you know, maybe he can get something done here. Now, that it's a massive drop-off from 205 to 185. I mean, that's 25 pounds difference. Most fighters in most divisions don't have easy cuts. So, like, I'm sure Misha Serkinov wasn't walking around at 215 and was just cutting 10 pounds to fight at 205. I'm sure he looks like a big boy. Not the biggest boy in the world, but he looks like a big boy. I bet he was still cutting a decent amount to get to 205 to get to 185 that is like wholesale lifestyle changes to do that so i i like it i think he's a good fighter especially on the ground 
And I don't really think super highly of Jotko, although for all I know, he could be the next fucking Polish champion. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, he probably should have been cut from the UFC. He was on a three-fight losing streak, comes out, goes on a three-fight winning streak, albeit against super, super low-level competition like Alan Amadowski and Marc-Andre Barrio. Uh, lost his last fight to Sean Strickland in May. You know, I'm going to go with the wild card on this one. I'm going to go with Misha Serkinov. I think he's a talented fighter, probably could finish Kristoff's uh, Jotko. I just hope he's not too depleted. I hope his cardio is not too depleted by going down to 185, but I think this is a perfect entry-level fight for Jotko, and, you know, Jotko's not in the rankings, but, you know, he's kind of on the doorstep of the rankings, so, you know, it could be an interesting uh, run here for, for, for Misha. So, I'll go Misha Serkinov by unanimous decision. And again, could be totally wrong on this one, completely 100% wrong on this one, and... Uh, you know, <laughs> I, this could be, a again, historically bad card for uh, my picks. All right, we'll move on to the main card opener. We'll have a fight between Alexander Hernandez and Mike Breeden. Hernandez is 12-4, and four, Breeden is 10-3. and three. We'll take a look at the odds for this one, and Hernandez will be the minus 300 favorite clearly expected to win this one i don't know who uh mike breeden uh is he lost on the contender series back in 2020 to anthony romero this feels like a late notice fight but i i, I don't believe it is so um i don't know anything about good old uh mike i know alexander hernandez is uh not as good as he thinks he is he lost his last fight to tiago moises uh, lost two of his last three, three of his last five. Um, easy win for Hernandez. They're just, you know, it's like uh, it's like T-ball. It's like T-ball when when they start to take away the T, and it's just, you know, you just lob it right up. They're just lobbing this one right for Hernandez. So, you know, barring he doesn't slip on a banana peel, he should uh, win this one pretty convincingly and, you know, try to get back to his uh, winning ways, although I'm not very bullish on him in general. So... But, I, you know, you put him up there against a guy who's making his debut, who probably doesn't uh, belong in the UFC, you know, then uh, it's, it's, it's probably an easy win for uh, Hernandez. Moving on to the prelims, the prelim headliner. We'll have a fight here between Joe Selecki and Jared Gordon. Selecki 11-2, Gordon 17-4. and four. Look at the... Uh, look at the odds here will reveal that uh, Joe Selecki is the minus 115 favorite. Yet again, another close fight here on the betting odds. Selecki, 28 years old. He's on a six-fight winning streak, has three finishes in that streak. He's 3-0 in the UFC, 4-0 if you count the contender series. Had a nice win over Jim Miller. Um, a legitimate prospect. I've been impressed by Joe Selecki. Um... Even in his fight against uh, Austin Hubbard, I thought he did very, very well. Um, I don't think this is necessarily a step up for him. I think it's another fight that's on par with the level of a Jim Miller. Uh, Jared Gordon, obviously an interesting story. I saw him at the infamous UFC Minneapolis card where he beat Mankato's own Dan Moret. Uh, After that, he lost to Charles Oliveira, so that's, you know, talk about running into the wrong guy there. Uh... Two straight unanimous decision wins over Chris Fishgold and Danny Chavez. And, you know, those are pretty pretty dominant, especially the, the Fishgold one. You know, 
Chavez, uh, you know, he, he brought it. He showed his toughness. But, you know, these have, have been two really, really, you know, solid wins for Jared Gordon. I want to go with Selecki because, uh, you know, it's always more exciting to go with the younger guy. It's always more exciting to think about what the young guy could do, especially if he gets past him. But, man, that's 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 a tough fight. You know, because it's not on the main card, actually it wouldn't really matter. You know, I'm going to go Joe Selecki by uh, a split decision. I think this is going to be a really, really close one, a tough fight, you know. It's pretty hard to look good against uh, Jared Gordon. You know, I think it's kind of running into a guy, uh, you know, for, for, for Jared, I think it's kind of running into the wrong guy, running into somebody who, you know, in, in a year, two years from now, we're going to see, you know, consistently in, in the top 15. You know, Jared's a very active guy. Joe Selecki does not get hit in any of his fights. Uh, you know, small sample size, but, you know, 3-0. and He absorbs .9 significant strikes per minute. You know, that's that's very, very uh, good ratio there. These guys are both active when it comes to, to grappling. So, you know, I think, I think you'll, you'll really see them mix the martial arts in this one. But when it's all said and done, going with Joe Selecki on this one. All right, we're going to be very selective about which ones we pick here. Uh, I think we'll preview one more fight. We'll preview Jamie Malarkey and Devontae Smith here in the... Uh, lightweight division, Malarkey 13 and 4, Devontae Smith 11 and 2. And we'll preview one more because my computer is about to die. And, and the rest of them, you know, they're, 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 they're important. You know, they're important fights. They're in the UFC, but, you know, we're going to keep this one uh, short here. Malarkey, three inches taller, so he'll be six feet even. Uh, Devontae Smith is going to have a two-inch reach advantage. You know, one of the hottest prospects in the UFC right up until that loss to... Um, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Kama Worthy. So, comes off of that Kama Worthy loss. He was out for like a year and a half, comes back, gets a really good stoppage win over Justin Janes. Uh, Smith will be the minus-120 favorite, according to the opening... You know, th- this guy's a finisher. He finishes a lot of fights in the first round, a dangerous striker. I think he's also low-key pretty dangerous on the ground. And Malarkey kind of got revenge for Devontae Smith, knocked out Kama Worthy uh, in 46 seconds back in March. Uh, a guy who's 1-2 and two in the UFC, so really needed that win over Kama Worthy. Um, I like Do- I like Devontae Smith in this one, and I'm, I'm, I-, I hope he stays healthy. Uh, you know, I'd really like to see what that guy could do uh, in the UFC because he really, people were talking about him like he was kind of poised to to take over, you know, just kind of getting getting his uh, fights and, and, you know, just kind of putting in his, uh, you know, the, the, the groundwork. But one of the biggest upsets, you know, in the last decade in UFC history, you know, him getting finished by Kama Worthy. So we'll go Devontae Smith here by round one knockout. I think I think he'll get it done pretty quickly. Although uh, Malarkey and his two losses has not been finished in the UFC, has been finished a handful of times on the regional scene, including uh, a, a round one knockout loss to Alexander Volkanovsky back in 2016. So, you know, it's a, the fighting world, it's a small world. It's a small world. Uh, we have a handful of other fights here uh, on the prelims that I'll just give my picks for. I'm not going to uh, dive uh, deeply into them. We have Antonina Shevchenko taking on Casey O'Neill. 
Uh, O'Neal, I think, is is the real deal. Shevchenko is probably a couple notches ahead of her. I, I really want to go Shevchenko, but I'll go with the upside of Casey O'Neal. I think Casey O'Neal, um, way, 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 way too early to say she's going to be the future of 125, but I really think that that's... If, if I had to pick two or three unranked prospects at 125 and kind of attach my my bandwagon to them, I, I, one of those one of those two or three would be Casey O'Neill. I think she's very legit, very impressive UFC debut, so I think she'll beat uh, Shevchenko. We have Carol Hosa taking on Betch Kohea, probably the last fight for Betch Kohea. Never like retirement fights. I'll go Carol Hosa. I'll go, I'll go youth, although I'm not super impressed by her. Uh, we have Douglas Andrade taking on uh, Gaetano Perello. Uh, Perello, I believe he made his debut against Ricky Simone. Not super impressed. Andrade, I think, is a little bit up there in age, but we're still going to go with uh, Andrade. We got Shayna Young taking on Stephanie Egger. Do not care about that one. I'm going to flip my phone to decide who I pick on this one. Shayna Young will be screen up. Uh, Egger will be screen down. It is screen up, so we'll go uh, Shaney Young on that one. And then we have Alejandro Perez taking on Johnny Eduardo in the prelim opener. A couple of UFC veterans there. Um, Johnny Eduardo is 41 years old, and for that fact alone, we're not going to go with Johnny Eduardo. We're going to go with Alejandro Perez. So with that, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Again, we'll have the main card showdown later tonight, updated rankings maybe by tonight maybe by tonight for sure by tomorrow and yeah with that be sure to check me out at uh, on twitter at owen ely mn north star sports on twitter at north star min got to check out our website at northstarsports.media.com thanks for tuning in everybody listen i'm going out like i came in i'm the mailman i always deliver and i'm going to be delivering in the twin cities market for a long time reagan hooverman you're going to get sick of me you're going to take me for granted you're going to love me but more importantly you're going to hate me but i'll always be around i'll always be around i'll never stop delivering never stop delivering